if someone is going to click purchase on your product, you have to show them that you are trustworthy, that you've created a trustworthy product that's going to enhance their lives or fit that lifestyle that you're trying to sell. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, where we're dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And I believe running an online business does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, Electric Eye is here to help. To apply to work with us, visit electriceye.io slash connect to learn more. Now let's get on with the show. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Honest Ecommerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today we're welcoming to the show Ryan from Small Hands Creative. Ryan, how are you doing? Dude, I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. We're going to be nerdy today. Uh, I don't know if I've like shared this much with the audience, but uh, Ryan's team over there at Small Hands, uh, they're essentially helping brands create amazing photography, awesome content assets for use on your websites, for your socials, for your advertising, all that stuff. Uh, but fun fact about me is I actually went to school for photography. So I'm going to get nerdy on this episode. I'm super excited. Uh, Ryan, you know, just give me the quick rundown of what you were up to uh, and, and how Small Hands kind of got started. Yeah. So I had a passion for music and I had a passion for marketing. And I went to school. I went to university in Nashville, Tennessee and uh, realized pretty quickly on in the education that I did not want to do music business or anything in the music industry at all. But being in Nashville, you know, you grow up around a lot of young musicians that need photos and need cool visuals and, you know, have a desire for those things and being the cool artist, you know. So I kind of fell into that world with a little camera and really fell in love with not only taking photos for them, but just creating really cool stuff and, and getting my hands kind of dirty with that type of work. And so I started Small Hands at first as kind of like a little portrait studio. Um, taking photos of musicians, helping them kind of plan out their content strategy as like an artist and as a person. And then as the business started to grow and and we started to um, kind of expand a little bit, we specifically like I realized I really like the content strategy side of photography and felt that working with e-commerce brands kind of more fit the mold of what I wanted. And so I just kind of started doing that. And yeah, that's kind of how Small Hands uh, started. So started in a band, ended up with a camera. <laughs> uh, I mean, that is so eerily similar to my journey as an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, I grew up here in Columbus, Ohio at the peak of the Ohio metalcore rise in 2008. So we had like all these crazy bands. I'll drop them like Devil Wears Prada, Attack Attack, Icy Stars out of Michigan. Like so all these terrible bands were coming out like over 10 years ago. And I was in that scene. I had a mohawk. All these kids would pile in my Delta 88 and we'd go to like local punk rock shows together. Right? That's what I was doing 10 years ago. And that's how I got my teeth started. Like that's how I got my teeth with just uh, the music industry. And I was doing photography as well. The quick run of it is the band didn't pay the bills. Photography, you couldn't really do on the road. And I started to learn marketing. And that's how I kind of ended up here with you know marketing and, and e-commerce and strategy. Like, I, like you, I love the strategy element of it. But it's just so funny. I mean, I'll tell the truth to everyone out there that loves music. Like The music is a rarity if it's going to pay your bills. And working with actual brands, there's actual budgets and your bills actually get paid. Yep. I agree. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. 
Since 2004, Avalara's vision has been to harness the power of cloud technology to help simplify sales tax for businesses of all sizes. Avalara solutions are designed to affordably scale with businesses as they grow over time. Tax compliance is not a revenue-generating activity. So, Avalara's technology is designed to help you manage compliance as efficiently and accurately as possible so you can reclaim your valuable time and reduce risk in your business. With more than 1,000 signed partner integrations, Avalara likely integrates with the ERP, e-commerce, mobile payment, and point-of-sale systems you use today. Find out how your business can be sales text ready at avalara.com slash honest. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Avalara. Tax compliance done right. All right. So let's talk about content strategy from a brand perspective. For Let's try to dumb it down, I guess, for people that are just getting started. You know, They're working on that product market fit phase of their business. They're trying to get their sales up to like a million dollars a year and they're somewhere below that, right? What does content strategy look like for a brand that's growing? I mean, I I know that's really open into question. I got some follow-ups, but I don't want to... Sure. So uh, the start right, would be, who's your audience? Who are you trying to sell to? And who are the people that are doing it right now? And how are they doing it? And so actually paying attention to, okay, if I'm selling a specific product, there are probably other people that are selling it, right? So how are they making money? Who are they speaking to? And then where do you fit in that equation? It's probably the the first place you need to go as an e-commerce business. So it's not even going out there and, and finding models or taking pictures. It's the step before that. Mm-hmm. It's the step of, okay, yes that comes eventually, right? You have to have a plan because if someone hands you a hammer and you needed a screwdriver, you're not going to be successful. You need to figure out what kind of tools you need before you actually pay someone or try to figure out how to do it yourself. And when you have that kind of blueprint on the front end, you're able to find those pieces that make sense. Right there. That is, that's why you hire a consultant. And that's not why you just say, we need photos. Let's go out and hire a photographer. A photographer is just going to probably take the path of least resistance and give you some photos. Uh, there's not going to be any rhyme or reason behind what these photos are trying to do for you. And that's it just goes back to anything in business. Like you definitely need to plan it out first. Your plan could be wrong. Who cares? At least you know that plan wasn't right. But if you don't have a plan at all, you're not gonna learn or grow from the experience. Agreed. And we live in a you know, we live in a time in life where, yeah, trial and error works, you know, but a lot of people have taken that path of trial and error and we have the opportunity to educate ourselves on the front end. And it's always gonna be trial and error in the end, but you have a lot less errors, I feel like nowadays. You're able to kind of pay attention to how people have Pave the way before us in e-commerce and look digitally at the visuals they're producing and say, all right, I want to pick and choose this and that because you know someone has already gone before me and failed a hundred times. It, it kind of enables us to fail a little bit less and yeah. kind of get get our chops earlier, I guess. That's the exact mentality that I have around reading business books. God, are they awful, but they're so smart. Like you just learn something so much faster, kind of, you know, it's cheating. It's great. Just learn from other people's mistakes or, or from like their wins. You know what I mean? It always usually gets documented. So I guess when you're like out there trying to reverse engineer what someone's doing with their content marketing strategy, I'm assuming you're pushing brands more towards maybe a company or a product that's like just, just one or two steps ahead of them. Like trying to reverse engineer Nike's content strategy is probably not somewhere you want to start. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's a big goal, right? Like you can try to do that, but there's there's way more X factors in there that you're probably going to miss. Yeah, you, you're totally right. Focusing on people that are close enough that that you can see yourself there within a year or two, you know, those are the types of people you want to look towards because if you look too far ahead, you're going to miss those really pivotal steps that you're going to need to take in order to get there. And the journey is not about, you know, what's 20 years ahead for my new e-commerce business. It's what's next quarter look like? You know, what does next month look like? What are the steps that we need to do now to invest our time, our sweat equity, our money in order to, you know, launch properly? Yeah, I couldn't agree more there. We're going to get into more about how this translates to marketing probably towards the end. Right now, we're more talking about how it kind of just getting the, the groundwork started. So, I guess, like, let's just, you know, a really softball question to you. Like, why is photography critical for e commerce? Like, you know, what makes this so important? Yeah. So, in the world of online shopping, someone is not going to a brick and mortar shop in order to touch, feel, smell, see the product anymore, right? You have to create this element of trust on the internet, which is very hard to do. And so there's kind of like foundational steps you can take on the front end, or even just ideals that you should probably have starting an e-commerce business. You have to realize that in this day and age, content is king. And you're going to need content eventually. And you're going to need a pretty steady flow of that content. Because if you don't have a flow of content, you're going to be forgotten pretty quickly. right? Like Our minds are just... At this point, we are the quickest thinking generation ever. And we have the attention span of a freaking squirrel. So like, you have to keep speaking to your audience. But you also have to have an element of trust. If someone is going to click purchase on your product, you have to show them that you are trustworthy, that you've created a trustworthy product that's going to enhance their lives or fit that lifestyle that you're trying to sell. And those are kind of like on the front end, the core pieces of creating a brand that has potential for success. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, just put an asterisk next to this with like accessibility uh, and, and, and disabilities and whatnot. But most of the internet is being browsed by people that are only really having one sense to interpret your product, your brand, your messaging, your offer, all that stuff. And is there, you know, it's visual. Mm -hmm. um, you know, other than copywriting, like the only other thing that's visual on your website is like the photography and the design. It's like these things are paramount for first impressions, for you know, just there is something to be said about the professionalism of a well-designed website leads to the perceived value of the brand. Mm -hmm. Recently I purchased a quip toothbrush, right? And what led me to purchase this product was I heard about it well years ago, like when they first started making stuff. And I was like, that's an interesting product. I don't need a new toothbrush, but that's cool. Their mission was cool. They were making cool designed products. And then a couple years later, I kept seeing them kind of pop up every once in a while. And I'm like, okay, what is this brand? And I was kind of doing my own kind of like case study on them, right? Like as me, as like the individual who might buy this product, why am I leaning towards buying the product? They're a fresh company. Um, they're not owned by a giant umbrella. They are an e-commerce brand that did it right. And so what did they do that they did it right? How did they make this money? And so you're totally... You hit the nail on the head. Like the first impression when I went to their website was, okay, clean website. In my head, they spent money on it, right? So they obviously care about the product and they're trying to make it this legitimate product by spending the money and doing great e-commerce photography 
great visuals over their website, great design, great product. And then they're proving that legitimacy by you know the tried and true process of keep pushing content, help grow that audience, grow the brand. And so once I kind of landed on those things, I was like, okay, like I can trust this product. It's going to do well. It's not going to fail. I bought it. And now I love the product. And it took about a year to convert me to the product, but they did it. And that's when I really dove into it. They proved that legitimacy. They, they proved that trust factor through time and effort and having beautiful visuals that even though I had never picked up the product or used the product... I saw it and I trusted it that it was going to do what they were telling me it was going to do. Yeah, that's exactly that. And then you said, you know, they had a clean website and they invested in the website or so you thought, you know, just from the the look and the feel, essentially the user experience of the website. Mm. That's something that comes up often when we're consulting with people and they want to do, you know, they're sending over examples of like the Allbirds and the Quips, you know what I mean? Just all these beautiful websites and we're like, "Hey, like here's something, like all of these websites have amazing gorgeous photography, videography, like look at all this cool content. You don't have that. Like we can't create that for you. Like you're missing a point here. Like if you want to have a gorgeous website, like you need all this gorgeous assets to go along with it. The design can only go so far. Mm -hmm. Businesses are the most successful when they own their data, customer relationships, and their growth. That's why more than 50,000 e-commerce brands like Living Proof Huckberry, and Solo Stove trust Klaviyo to deliver their ideal customer experience. Klaviyo is the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for online brands of all kinds and all sizes. With email automation, SMS marketing, list growth tools, and more, you'll get everything you need to build strong relationships that keep your customers coming back. If you're tired of relying too heavily on paid advertising or third-party marketplaces for your sales success, you're not alone. It's time to take back control of the customer experience. More and more online businesses are moving to Klaviyo to grow higher value customer relationships through personalized email and SMS marketing. And the results are staggering. On what's typically the biggest weekend of the year for online retailers last Cyber Weekend alone, brands made nearly $1 billion in sales through Klaviyo's platform. That's 3.1% of total online sales that were powered by Klaviyo. Ready to drive future sales and higher customer lifetime value with a marketing platform built for your long-term growth? Get a free trial at klaviyo.com slash honest. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. You're trying to sell a house, right? The outside of the house could be absolutely beautiful. You're like, wow set up an appointment with your realtor, go see the house. You walk in, none of the walls are finished. There's there's no toilets in the house. The kitchen is completely open and there's dirt everywhere. And you're like, wait a minute, hey, this isn't ready. Like This isn't ready for me to invest in. This isn't ready for me to purchase. And that's kind of similar to what you said. You have these well-designed websites or these great ideas, these great products, and they're trying to sell this empty house online. And you have to be able to show that that house is filled with great things that are going to add value to your life or you know XYZ, whatever the purpose is that you're selling the product. You've got to make sure that the house is filled and looking good when you set up these appointments for people to come check it out. Oh, absolutely. Another thing that uh, my uh, project manager, Andrew, likes to kind of relate this to is like, think about your website. You know, it's, 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 this is easy for brick and mortar stores to kind of comprehend. It's like, think about your website as another brick and mortar store. 
you're not going to open the doors on that thing without a fresh coat of paint, without you know having someone come in and help you with the layout of the store to make sure that the foot traffic is going the right places, make sure the experience is there, make sure that you have salespeople in place to understand the product. So there's all this stuff going into the experience of the retail store. Like you should have all of that and more online because your online store is open 24/7. It's not, you know, location gated by being within X amount of miles of wherever it is. It's like worldwide. You can sell this stuff wherever you want at any time. You know what I mean? So why aren't people thinking about, you know, how much value that that website's going to curate for them over the longevity of their brand and investing properly? It's a scary move. You know, you're trying to create a storefront. You're trying to make sure everything looks prim and proper, everything looks good. And it's also that investment piece. Like we keep using that word over and over again. It is an investment and it's an investment that is needed, but it's a very large step, especially for fresh e-commerce business with Kickstarter fund or or something that isn't as huge or big as a ton of investors coming in and handing you a million dollars to start your e-commerce business. Yeah. Yeah. But there are ways around it and there are ways to jumpstart business even without those resources. And you sometimes you got to be wily. And sometimes you do have to take that step and really invest in folks that can bring those visions to life and make your storefront as sleek and sexy and prim and proper as possible for your clients. Yeah. And, and you know it goes back to you know what I was saying earlier, the people that are coming in, I keep using all birds. I need to like have a list taped my wall of other <laughs> brands that are doing it great cuz like when I'm in yeah. the in the zone all fueled up on coffee like all I can think of is them. They do a great job. There's Deathless Coffee is another great one. But anyways, when you're just getting started and you're in that first stage of your business, we talk about this. I had I interviewed um, from Trellis the other day. I believe his name was... Uh, I'm thinking Ryan because I'm talking to you. Um, but we discussed what your investment level should look like and where you should be actually be spending your money in various stages of your business. And we both agreed, if you're not making a million dollars a year, you do not need a custom website at all. Use some sweet off-the-shelf theme. You know what I mean? And then fill that theme with gorgeous assets from like... Either you know find someone locally and have a plan, hire Ryan's agency. You know, there's a million ways to do it, but make sure that the assets are quality. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, your assets and the quality of those assets are the foundation of your business at that point. Yeah, and then here's the thing: everyone's like, I don't want to be like everyone else, and it's like, honestly, if you're using different colors, different fonts, different images, and a different logo, no one's gonna ever know that your website's built upon the same structure as another one. Yeah, you know, there's there's a hidden gem right there for everyone to understand. Like, no one gives a shit. Straight up. And again, it's like you're not trying to reinvent the wheel either. It's like just let people shop the internet how they want to shop, and all these themes are built like the correct way, and that's the experience that everyone's used to. Just you know, focus on your marketing, your messaging, and your content at that point. Like, you don't need a custom website. Any advanced functionality, like you can start bringing that in as you grow your business. Very true. What do all e-commerce stores have in common? That's right, customers. And those customers are going to have questions. Gorgeous is the leading e-commerce help desk with over 5,500 customers on Shopify, Magento, and BigCommerce. Their software is built with machine learning to optimize your support system and allow your team to save time and money on repetitive inquiries while still remaining personalized. What it does is take all of your customers' insights and information, brings it into their amazing dashboard so you can solve your customers' problem as quickly as possible. If you want to give Gorgeous a try, visit gorgeous.grsm.io honest to get your second month free. 
That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot G-R-S-M dot I-O slash H-O-N-E-S-T. All right. So let's go back to the beginning here. You know, So like, where should an e-commerce brand start with their photography? What's that first initial playbook look like? You have to have great e-commerce for simply your Shopify or whatever kind of whatever you're using to actually sell the product. You have to have great, clean, on-brand, quote unquote. You'll probably you probably hear that a lot. Type of e-commerce work that people can trust and people can look at and be like, okay, yes, click purchase. Um, and then following that, you have to have good strategic branded content. Content that is the blood flow to your brand, right? If you're the heart, you need the blood flow. So you have to be able to pump out content and use content on your website that speaks to your brand and speaks to the audience. And that is consistent. Consistency is kind of key with any sort of branding, whether it be design. Like you said, if, if someone's getting a brand design done, the, the logo needs to be consistent with the typography they're going to use for their layout. Their colors have to be consistent, whether it's Instagram, website, Facebook, any sort of marketing content, email. It has to all be consistent because if you have this kind of weird email campaign that looks completely different from your website or even just a little off from the website, you're going to lose people's trust pretty quick. And so those are kind of the first steps when it comes to photography and video and, and design. You just have to have that consistency and you have to plan out what makes the most sense for us and what's going to sell us quickly on that front page of the site. Because you're right, you can get away with a, a Squarespace five-page site when you're first getting started, save a bunch of money on these, you know, because websites are expensive, um, and start there and then invest in those uh, media assets that are going to communicate your brand to the people that are actually going to pay you for your product. Um, and yeah, the first step is the e-commerce and then immediately following you have to figure out, okay, Allbirds, what what does our brand look and feel like? And how are we going to communicate that through socials, through our website, through our marketing, whatever it is? Yeah. I mean, it's not the first time and it's not the last time I'm going to say this. The brands that have figured out a content production system for their business are the ones that are winning. The ones that are stuck trying to hit that stage 2, that scaling part, the ones that are stuck in that you know product market fit area of growth, it's because they haven't figured out this content production system cr- properly yet. And what you like once you get that figured out, you're going to start reusing that content through your emails like you said, through your retargeting efforts, through, you know, paid social, through organic social posting, through updating your website content, through using it on your product pages to help, you know, people understand more about the product. Like you're going to be using this content everywhere forever. It's the best investment you can make. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people try to shortcut that content and like, you know, kind of like what we said at the beginning here is they'll hire a photographer with no plan and then just dump that bucket of assets on some consultant, freelancer, agency, whatever, and say, make me more money with Facebook ads. And that just leads to a bad time. Yeah. If you're gonna spend twenty percent of your marketing budget on actually creating the assets and it- the other 80% on marketing those assets. You're not going to be successful. You have to be able to realize that those assets are actually more important than the actual marketing of those assets. Because if you're marketing shitty assets, 
no one's going to end up trusting you. And yeah, you might get hundreds of thousands of eyes, but if your product looks bad, it doesn't matter that you're marketing a product that looks bad. No one wants a bad product. They want a product they can trust and that they can believe in and that they think is going to enhance their lives, not be you know a weight in their life. So you have to find that balance. And for certain people, the balance is you absolutely have to like invest most into the assets. If, if you have an e-commerce business that is ingestible or something that is going to um, be on people's skin or clothing, you have to have something that people are going to trust because if they're like, Oh, well, it's going to either hurt me or fall apart in six months because these photos will make this product look terrible. They're not going to buy your product. You are preaching to the choir there. And it's actually usually... Uh, it's one of the first questions. If someone comes to us and they want us to run Facebook and Instagram advertising for them, we say... How often are you producing content? You know, how often can you get it to us? You know, this is a two-way street. You know, that's the first question we have. And if they're like, "Oh, we don't," and we're like, "Good luck." You know what I mean? We can't help you because you need to be constantly refreshing that stuff. Because it's not like us saying it to try to make you go do something. It's because Facebook will stop showing it. You know, once the frequency gets so high, Facebook stops showing it. You have to pay more to show it. That's the algorithm. That's just how it works. Not only that, Zuckerberg uh, and his team of smart people over there have now set up... You know, It's pretty much a penalty. You're using garbage assets and it looks like crap in the social feed. That makes... Okay. So if the social feed looks bad, they have drawn a direct line between the social feed on either Facebook or Instagram looking bad. People will leave the app. That hurts their bottom line. So now they're penalizing people that are putting bad stuff into the feed through paid advertising. If it looks bad, they're going to, again, they're going to make you pay more to show it and they're going to, like, it's not going to work well. You'll get penalized for it. Uh, so they're really, really pushing quality content in the feed that looks like it's supposed to be there that raises the kind of just the value of what's going on in the feed. All this good looking content, you're going to get rewarded as you should. Nobody likes insurance, but everybody should have it. Mistakes do happen. Our partner Rewind can protect your Shopify store with automated backups of your most important data. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Trusted by over 70,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like Gymshark, Gatorade, and Movement Watches. Best of all, respond to any of their welcome emails and mention Honest E-Commerce to get your first month absolutely free. I mean, you're looking at the people that make the most money in the world and they're saying, well, we understand how this works. So we're going to put systems and laws in place that correct the people that are doing it wrong. And you don't want to be one of those corrections. You want to just right off the gate, get it right. Yeah. I mean, targeting on Facebook and Instagram... And just how the funnel works there is pretty straightforward in e-commerce. And where the fun is and where you find wins is with the content, with the copy and the creative. Like That's the stuff you play around with. And then you're always looking for new broad audiences. But nothing's changing in the middle and the bottom of the funnel ever. It's the same thing. It's always just how do we prospect more cheaply? And how do we find an offer that converts these people on the fence? Yeah. I mean, like circling back to the trial and error thing, that's part of that, right? Like that first process of saying like, okay, we understand that shitty visuals are going to make shitty money. That's that trial and error that's already happened that we can just art. That's a given to us. Like, okay, we have to make good stuff. Pretty straightforward. And so the next step in that process is figuring out brand awareness versus brand trust. And you can solve both of those issues with quality and consistent content. 
Absolutely. We kind of skipped <laughs> straight to paid advertising with that conversation, but let's let's take a step back though and let's talk about more organic and like how often and how much content should an e-commerce brand be sharing. When it comes to organic content, part of what I would suggest to a starting e-commerce brand, and um, especially if you're brand new on the scene, kind of like not even launched yet or just recently launched, is that organic is normally a little bit slower goings, but it is far more foundational. And when you're paying top dollar for ads, you're getting people that might be loosely you know, in need of that product. Um, obviously, there are algorithms that we all kind of have that tag on our IP address and we all get targeted ads. But when you're doing organic, you're basically introducing your product to a new audience through someone that audience already trusts. And so if they believe in the product and you're you know, paying them to do like an organic campaign, the conversion rate there is a little bit higher than if you're just paying paid ads. Yeah. I mean, once you kind of have that first interaction, you know what I mean? That's the hardest one. And then everything after that, you should just be having more touch points, winning more trust, sharing more content that looks great and hopefully resonates with that person and eventually pushes them over the edge. You know what I mean? As long as you have a great product that people are actually buying, you just got to stay at it and you're eventually going to win more customers. Mm-hmm. With organic, it's... It's that simple. It's like as simple as you said before. It's just like, yeah, once you figure out a product people actually want and it solves a real problem or creates more value than something else that you know that exists out there, you're essentially just... You got to figure out a way to bring people into your funnel through essentially content and getting it out there, finding a profitable way to do that, and then just retargeting those people. Like That's e-commerce in a nutshell. There's you know there's like logistics there's you know how many boxes do I need to buy from China during this time like there's stuff like that but if you really want to distill it down it's just like finding a way to get more people to see the product and then convincing people to buy the product. Mm-hmm. There's a voice from an audience and then there's your brand voice right like we're on a Zoom call I see you have a Thrasher hat I see a Blink One Eighty Two album cover in the back so I would assume and the internet like Facebook and Instagram they all would assume that you are a certain type of person that you are interested in certain types of products. And so when you're marketing, you have to keep in mind, our brand is a lifestyle and who lives this lifestyle and who can we convert to live this lifestyle. And that's like foundationally what a brand voice is. Um, If you are pushing $100,000 in ads, you might make a couple sales here and there, but it's going to be nowhere near the amount of conversions if your brand voice isn't on par with the brand. If you don't have a consistent brand voice, people aren't going to be able to actually connect with your product. And so that consistency that we keep kind of going back to is part of that brand voice. And it's not just this pop-off moment where, yay, we made all this money and it's just now you know rolling in the racks. It's a slow process that within 6 months to a year, when you have that brand voice kind of dialed in, you've been pushing out some content, that's when it's a lot safer. And that tried and true process that I keep talking about, that's when you start really pushing that dollar value behind marketing. And that's when that conversion rate starts to really grow. Yeah. So let's talk about that that visual brand consistency uh, you know, here before we go. I, I guess when you know, when you're working on that, what we do over here for brand like is we establish mood boards before we get into design. You know, are you working with clients to help create mood boards or kind of like a gallery of inspiration? You know, just to get the ball rolling. Yeah. So at Small Hands Creative, we have a process that every single client kind of walks through. 
Um, it's a, it's a process that is constantly being refined, but we've really found some success with some fresh faces and some freshened up faces, people that have kind of been in the game a little longer and they're just kind of doing kind of a rebrand refreshment of the brand. And so we walk them through the same process. We start with what do you have right now? What's your foundation? What has worked for you? For fresh brands, you know, obviously don't have that yet. But then we move on towards uh, something I like to say, like, what is your North Star? Who are the people that either inspired you in the product design, inspired you to start to launch this e-commerce brand? And what are they doing? What do you see that they're doing that's working? And then we pick and choose kind of, okay, this fits, this doesn't, this fits, this doesn't. And then from there, kind of same thing, we mood board it. We actually... Just to make sure we're on the same page, we go through a process of pulling in beautiful brand imagery, beautiful colors that fit that kind of voice we keep uh, circling back to. And when everything kind of links up, that's when we finally feel comfortable enough to go into production. Yeah. And then for those of you listening, it's we're not creating assets when we're making this mood board. We're like just straight up stealing assets from other people. But this is an internal thing for inspiration. It's not like ever going to be publicly facing. People used to do this back in the day when they were working on ad campaigns. They would literally cut stuff, inspiration out of magazines and paste it on a board. And like that's where it comes from. Like this is the mood we're trying to get across. But yeah, it's great. Like if there's in- things that inspire you, make a note of them. And over time, you'll see patterns emerging and it will start to create this thing that, you, like, that you're going to draw a parallel between this kind of like colors and these layouts of the photos or like how the photos work. There's like, a, there's a lot. It's more visual and designy than it is like tangible. But you'll see you know, all this stuff kind of fits into like a, a certain vibe. And then once all your content that you're creating starts to fit within that vibe that you've now created for your brand, people sometimes don't even need to see like who tweeted the photo or put it on Instagram, they're like, oh yeah, for sure I know who that is. So let's say like Allbirds, very focused, very pinpoint brand. When you see... It doesn't even have to be the shoe. It can just be a photo on Instagram and your mind goes Allbirds. That is strong brand voice. And when you are building out what your e-commerce shop is going to look like, what the Instagram socials look like, you want to be able to say like, even if you don't really make that sell on the front end, such as me with Quip, I didn't buy it like immediately. But over time, you're getting sort of this revisit and this like, oh yeah, like actually I enjoy visuals that look like Allbirds. I enjoy visuals that look like Quip. Like let me revisit. And that revisit, like planting those seeds on the front end and then the revisit is where you really get that attention from people. Absolutely. There is so much in here in this podcast thus far. I, I I really think that this would be like, you know, one of the core podcasts you should listen to when you start to think about that content creation engine, uh, just from a, a strategic perspective there. But I mean, before we go, is there anything that I forgot to ask you that you think would be worthwhile with sharing? Um, I would say when it comes to visuals, you have to pair it with good language, you have to pair it with good design, you have to pair it with all these assets that we've kind of touched upon. And once all of those things kind of line up is really when you're ready to put money behind the ads and behind the marketing of it. Absolutely. Um, If there's like one sort of like, thing I think we can both agree on is, is like you said, the first point of contact you have with a client of yours is you ask, what do you have? Like, what tools are you coming to us with? Right. And so, before you waste a ton of money on marketing, before you waste all of your Kickstarter budget or whatever type of budget you're coming in with, make sure you have the tools that you need before ever investing the money to like show it off. 
Absolutely. So if people are picking up what you're putting down, uh, how do they get a hold of you? How do they reach out? What do they do? Smallhandscreative.com. There is an email link where you can send us an email and we do a 30-minute free strategy call to kind of walk through and discover if we uh, would make a good pair to work together. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, man. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their journey and knowledge with us today. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our businesses. Links and more information will be available in the show notes as well. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, feel free to reach out and learn more at electriceye.io slash connect. Also, make sure you subscribe and leave an amazing review. Thank you.